The views, ideas, and content of well seekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Well Seekers. Hello, and welcome back to Well Seekers. I'm Lucia. For those of you just joining us, this is episode two of our next series on manifestation. If you just hopped in for some reason on episode two, because maybe you're a fan of our guest, she is quite an amazing woman and a dynamic woman, multifaceted, um, and has an incredible community of manifestors. Um, Her name is Holly Herbig, and she is going to join us in just a little bit. But if you are new to the show, um, Well Seekers is all about seeking and finding the things that make you more well, not just you, but the ones you love from the mind down. We take a holistic approach to mental health, emotional health, and wellness and well-being. Um, So thanks for joining us. As I said in our first episode, we're going to have a lot of big changes in 2024. But if you hit the subscribe button, you will stay on our feed and you'll know about all of those changes. Or you can follow us on Insta at Wellseekers or me at Lucia Naz. We'll put all the links below. You can also, of course, find us on Facebook, Twitter, all those spots. But we're mostly on Instagram and headed to TikTok in 2024. Um, But for today, we're continuing our conversation on what manifesting is. If you catch caught our first episode, we had a discussion on manifestation from a more cognitive clinical approach and some of the pitfalls we may find there. But today's conversation, I am so excited about, not only because I've read a lot about our guest, I've followed her on Instagram for a bit, um, and I know there's a lot of magic in what she's about to say, but because this offers a different perspective perspective on manifestation, which is exactly what I wanted this series to do, which was give you all different pieces of what manifesting means. Because the definition is so broad and non-defined, I think each of our guests has such a unique and important perspective and addition to this conversation about manifesting. And Holly, I am just exceptionally excited to talk about her and her community. Holly talks about um, manifestation from a human design perspective, right? What does that mean? We're going to have Holly come on and tell us all about how do you become a manifester, um, a manifesting generator? How does it pertain to human design? What is it? What is her manifesting community? How can it pertain to making you more holistically well in all areas of your life? Um, Holly has a fascinating website, the manifesting, the, sorry, the manifestercommunity.com. Again, we'll put all her links below where she gets into the intricate aspects um, of the manifestor life uh, and how powerful it actually is. So I want to hear all about the manifesting community from Holly. I want to hear about manifesting and human design. We're going to talk about the manifestor life. And I just think this is going to offer different colors and different layers to some of the powerful ways this word um, in relation to different meanings like human design um, can come into play. So we're going to be back with Holly talking about manifestation and the manifestor community. We'll be right back on Well Seekers. You're listening to Well Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. 
And we are back. And I am so honored to have my next guest, Holly Herbig. Holly is a spiritual teacher activating people into success and breakthrough. She focuses on teaching a new narrative of success to those who want to succeed by creating their own rules. Her area of highly sought after specialty is human design manifestors, which we are so excited to learn about. Holly brings teaching that draws people from struggling to succeeding into unexpected ways of experiencing their power through the reclamation of their own energy. And we are beyond thrilled, Holly, to have you on the show (laughs) and to learn more about what you do. So thank you for taking the time to join us. Oh, thank you. That was such an enthusiastic welcome. I love that. It's it's always so strange to have somebody read your own bio to you, you know? I always feel like it's those moments of, wow, I, I sound pretty cool. Yeah, the work I do is actually pretty great. <laughs> so thank you for that moment. You're very cool. And I, I know it's my opinion, but you're very cool. And Holly has a phenomenal Instagram, Facebook. So we're going to make sure we give you all of her background and links so you can find Holly and experience all of her coolness. <laughs> so, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, Holly, before we get started, can you explain to our audience what is human design and human design manifestors? Yeah, of course. So human design is is kind of picking up, I think, more in the vernacular in, in the whole um, personal development, spirituality space, even amongst the business spaces, I've started to see it move through there. Um, but it's a system of language that uh, really, we're talking about energetics in human design. And it was created uh, back in the 1980s. So in terms of, of systems of energy or philosophy or spirituality, human design is is certainly the newest out there. Um, and it's really curious to see how, especially once the pandemic hit, human design started to become so much more well-known as people were really investigating themselves and trying to understand the uniqueness that they offer. So uh, the textbook definition of human design is that it's um, the science of differentiation. So essentially what human design talks about as a system is how are you different to every other person on the planet? And that was initially what intrigued me about it because in all of our other systems of language, and I think that I think that every system of energy, spirituality, personal development, you know, a personality, all of these systems, they're so fascinating because they each show us a different um, aspect of ourselves. But what they all have in common, whether we're talking about, you know, Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or even to some degree astrology, we're saying these are the ways that you're the same as everyone else, right? We're going to kind of give you these lists of qualities that everybody else has as well. So if you're an Enneagram 7, you're the same as all of the other Enneagram 7s. And human design says the opposite. Human design says this is how you are energetically wired based on what we call your body graph. So if you run your chart in human design, you'll get this crazy-looking body graph with shapes and numbers and lines and a whole bunch of stuff that is usually overwhelming to people at first. Um, and it says taking taking that blueprint, taking that body graph, these are all of the ways that you are uniquely you and you are actually completely energetically unique and different from everyone around you. So there's a lot of permission just straight off the bat in human design. And I think that's why it has really begun to deeply resonate with people um, because it feels 
inclusive of self. Yeah, it it feels like, oh, there's a language where I'm finally being seen here and I'm understanding just me. I'm not understanding how I'm the same as everyone else. I'm not understanding how I fit a category. I'm just understanding me. And I'm also feeling a permission to stop being all of these things that I've been trying to be that are not me. Mm. So when we talk about human design manifestors, this is it, this like I talk about human design being an onion, right? There's so many layers to human design. Um, and that's because it's a, a hybrid system in itself. It's not, it's not an original system. It's actually a combination of a number of different existing systems. And it's this very cool balance of uh, spirituality and science. So on that more spirituality side, we've got um, astrology, eating, Kabbalah, the chakra system. And then on the science side, we're looking at biomechanics, epigenetics, um, and a whole bunch of just like really curious, like things mashed together that create human design. And that means that it, when you come into human design, it, if you start playing with it for yourself, it is like an onion. It's there's layers, right? And you just, you keep going down to the next layer. And on that very outside layer is what we call the energy types. And it's probably the only slightly more generalized part of human design, I think. But even within that, it doesn't feel particularly generalized once you get into it and you see yourself in it. I know we're going to be talking about, because we just find it fascinating, um, understanding some of this and using it in terms of business and money and finances, um, mm. which I know my audience will find fascinating um, in this quest to learn more about manifestation. I am so curious of what are the energetic, for those that don't need, know, what are those energetic um, fields that are somewhat similar? Yeah. So we, society, in terms of the human design system, society is broken down into five different energy types and you will fit into one of those energy type categories. We have our generators, they're the most dominant energy types. So they sit about 37% of society. And the generators are what we call sacral beings. They have a defined sacral center. So they're creative. They're very physically capable. They have a lot of physical energy. They're wired to respond and to build and to sustain. So we see largely that society has been built by generators, right? So these, all of these concepts that we have of, um, you know, like the nine to five workday and, um, you know, the regularly going to the gym and, you know, sticking to one career for 30 years and mastering it. These are all generator concepts. And so generators tend to fit in pretty seamlessly into society. They still have conditioning and still have wounding, certainly, but there's not that resistance that maybe some of the other energy types feel. Um, then we have our manifesting generators. They are at 33%. They are also sacral beings and they have all of those beautiful generator qualities but they also are a bit rogue because they have this manifesting aspect to them where they're innovative, they're independent. So our, our manifesting generators are society's multitaskers. They are the people that want to be and succeed really beautifully at doing lots of things at once, juggling lots of different balls, always pivoting, always changing direction. Um, and a lot of manifesting generators experience shame for that because they've been taught to stick at one road, right? 
stick it out and master it, but they're actually here to bounce around. They're here to pivot and to move very fast and to find shortcuts. And we have our projectors. Projectors are at about 20% of society. Uh, projectors are non-sacral beings. So they're the first of the non-sacrals, which means basically they're tired. Yeah, they don't, they don't have that ability to be responsive. They don't have a lot of physical energy. Um, they don't get satisfied from, from physically doing a lot of hard work. Um, they struggle to keep up with traditional nine to five careers. Um, but our projectors are, are here to be teachers and here to be guides. They have insights into how things are not working and how they need to work. So we see a lot of projectors in education, in politics. So, uh, Barack Obama is probably the most famous projector. Really? Um, we all. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's not where I would have put him. Super interesting. Interesting, right? Yeah. So they're really good orators. They're very articulate often. Um, and we see this like flood of projectors into the online space in the coaching sphere, mm. of course, because they're designed to guide people. They're designed to teach people and they get a lot of satisfaction and success from doing that. Then we have our manifesto energy type, uh, which is me, and and we exist in nine uh, percent of the population. So we're we're pretty rare. There's not many manifestors around. Manifestors are non-sacrals again, so we don't have that physical energy. We can't build things and sustain them, and you know do nine to five work, and typically fit into all of those other spaces that sacral beings can. And manifestors are very different to everyone else because. We're the only energy type with what we call closed aura. So everybody else has some form of open energy where you can pretty easily read each other, move in and out of each other's energy, get a, get a good grasp of who that person is. With a manifesto, you cannot. Manifestors have an energetic brick wall around us that people cannot read through. And that's because we are designed to be the initiators for society. We are designed to be the people that feel an idea, we call them urges, um, and birth that, bring it into reality. So we see some really cool manifestors across history who, who birth and initiate amazing things, and then you'll see them disappear for a long period of time. So um, Adele is a manifester, um, and we see that Adele will bring out these really deeply, like, emotive music albums that have a huge impact and have this enormous ripple effect. And she's really created a genre of music as well, but then she will disappear for five years mm. and nobody will see her and she won't create anything else because she's resting. So manifestors uh, can unfortunately be seen um, to a lot of other people as a bit threatening because we're unpredictable. We can't be controlled. We can't be read. We're always a bit, a bit rogue, right? We're always a bit left of center and, and not really fitting in with the status quo. And that's exactly the place that we need to be in. Because if we don't allow ourselves to be separate, we're not able to initiate these things that really are, are what the world needs and what the collective needs. Um, and then our final energy type are the reflectors. They sit at 1%, so super, super, super rare. If you have a reflector in your life, you're an incredibly blessed individual. Reflectors have a completely open energy. So they receive 
everything from the environment around them. They absorb it. They process it deeply and slowly over a period of time. And then they reflect that wisdom back to us and say, ah, this is, this is what it all means. This is where we're struggling as a society. This is where we're going wrong. This is how we need to change direction. But it's, it's deeply considered. Reflectors often come across as very spiritual people. They, they tend to just have it early on worked out that they can't exist in normal society. So you tend to find reflectors will live in, you know, a cabin up in woods or, you know, on like permaculture farms or they'll be um, digital nomads and they'll travel the world. And they're incredibly, incredibly healing people to be around. So definitely worth investigating if you have a reflector in your life. Well, this is fascinating, Holly. Truly, truly fascinating. We've been having a, a six-part conversation on manifestation, and this is just such a different, unique layer and look at it. So I appreciate the conversation around human design. Um, mm. Just fascinating. Do people have parts of each? Because as you were talking, I was trying to figure out which which I would fit into. How much do you need of each part and how can we figure out which one we are? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So everything is generated off your birth time. So it's very, very much like running um, a natal chart in astrology. So you need your birth date, your specifically your birth time to the minute is very, very important and your birthplace. There are a ton of now free chart generators online, which is super helpful. And you just go and put your your birth data in and it will give you your chart for you. Um, And that determines what energy type you are. So it's it's not a selective process. It's not a, you know, I get to choose which energy type I am. Um, Yeah, you'll you'll come out as one energy type. And I, I think the inherent challenge that people tend to face straight away is that each of us has a very, very real experience of being conditioned to behave in a way that is not in line with our energy type. So usually that's based off who our parents were what energy type our parents were or what was the dominant energy type in the family that you grew up in. So, you know, we tend to see, for example, uh, because I run a community solely for manifestors, I'm surrounded by manifestors and uh, a lot of what manifestors experience is that maybe they grew up in a family that was predominantly generators. Mm. And so they have learned they have uh, absorbed that conditioning that says, this is the way that I should be. This is the way that I should behave. And and as adults, you can certainly begin to see those behavioral characteristics in yourself. And I, I think the beautiful thing about human design is that it is that very open space and open language that gives you the opportunity to reflect on that and say, yeah, I, perhaps I have these behaviors, but are they truly my qualities? And maybe these were things that have never particularly felt good to me, but I thought that I had to be that. I thought that I had to behave that way. I thought that was normal. I thought that was acceptable. And when I allow myself to let that go, I become more of myself and I move more into alignment. And that just, you know, really leads beautifully into all of this kind of conversation that we have around stuff like manifestation, around healing, because 
energy is energy and it has to move in its most aligned form to be able to manifest, to be able to heal, to be able to um, pursue, you know, divine mission or divine work. So even knowing your energy type is a a pivotal starting place, really. Absolutely. I know what I'm doing when we end this conversation. <laughs> we'll figure out that energy. You are running that shot. We were embedded, Holly. Um, Holly, so when we look at this in terms of business success and money, can you talk to us a bit about how this does apply to business? Yeah, look, I I come from a really long history in business and I I think that's given me um, maybe a slightly different perspective in the online business space to what a lot of other people have. I think we've seen a lot of emergence of digital entrepreneurs who have not run business before and have come into this huge landscape of business in the digital sphere where there's no guidebook and there are no rules and there's a million and one different strategies and um, it's a minefield trying to work out how to run a successful business in a digital landscape. And so everyone kind of does it in their own unique way, which I think is really beautiful. But I came from brick and mortar business background. So I was a business consultant for six years where uh, I would work closely with small to medium-sized businesses for uh, six or so months and help them identify where are you performing well? Where are you not performing well? What are your issues and how do we resolve them? So that was across um, finances, uh, across product creation, marketing, sales, even HR, uh, team management, training, recruiting, all of those things. And then I moved from that into owning my own brick and mortar business. I bought a, a cafe and events business out of bankruptcy. I bought it out of liquidation and over about two and a half years, turned that business into just over $2 million annual turnover um, before selling it and exiting and, and then coming into the digital space. So for me, moving into this digital space as a, a digital entrepreneur in, in air quotes, I think we're, you know, we're all just business owners really, um, that really converged for me at a time where I was going through probably what a lot of people would coin a, a spiritual awakening, right? That I, I was beginning to look back at myself and understand the traumas of my past, understand, you know, all of these aspects of myself that didn't feel good and, and weren't working. I'd come off the end of um, major chronic illness. You know, I, I did have a very abusive and traumatic childhood. There were a number of things in me that needed healing. And I started undertaking that healing journey kind of right before I stepped into an online business. So uh, this business space for me, my presence in the online world has always been about a fusion of understanding energy and how energy is moving and how healing happens and simple things like mindset and limiting beliefs and you know neural programming, but also wounding, trauma, conditioning, shadow work, how all of that influences business. All of it influences business. And I, I think that we are becoming more and more and more aware of that as we we go on, that we're starting to see you can't separate your business and your energy. Yeah. They are oh, they're woven. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're you're crossing into right, like some of that 
shadow work and your traumas, how it can stifle, right? What mm-hmm. you were actually created to be. And that's what I hear in here is looking at that and seeing how you can work on that to be who you actually were <laughs> supposed to be energetically in your life, how you were supposed to show up. Um, yeah. and, and congratulations for both being, you know, taking the next steps to do the work and your business to build it into that um, is phenomenal. So congratulations on that. Thanks. I think it's pretty relentless once you, once you get into it, like (laughs) anybody who is in any sort of self-awareness or, or or self-development journey realizes that once you're on the train, you don't get off the train. Mm -hmm. Um, And the impact of that on your business really can't, can't be described. I don't think it can be explained. Um, But there is a direct link between your ability to be in energetic alignment and sometimes that requires healing sometimes that just requires awareness but being in energetic alignment is going to profoundly change your business it is going to profoundly change your business can you speak a little bit to that like how we can use manifestation to attract money and if you're out of alignment especially how to get back in and it's sort of a two-part question, how to get back into alignment to attract. Yeah. Yeah. I think this has been like a super interesting topic of conversation that has come up more so in, in spiritual and even business spaces over the last few years, because it's cool, right? Like (laughs) manifestation is just, I think that like manifestation is just, it's a fun topic. Whenever we're talking about, well, can I actually get these things that I desire? And immediately we go to talking about money. We go to talking about, you know, business success or material goods. Oh, those, those are the things that I want. And often what gets overlooked in that conversation, because we straight away go to strategy. Well, what's the process? What's the perfect process for manifestation? And there are thousands of voices out there that will each be, you know, promoting their own process of manifestation and and this is the way to do it and this is the one, two, three step system and ta-da, you get to manifest that money and you get to manifest that house and manifest that relationship and manifest that business when really the fundamental truth of manifestation is that it's all energy. So like energy attracts like energy. It's physics. This has been physics all along. This is quantum physics. So every energy has has its own molecular structure. It has its own frequency in it. And we know through the study of quantum physics that energy that has a similar frequency to something else will magnetize that energy. So when we when we talk about manifestation, this can be as simple as, well, when I'm in the energy of joy, I actually magnetically attract more joy into my reality into my space. So I start experiencing more joyful things. I meet more joyful people. I have more joyful experiences. Yeah. We can of course apply that to any energy at all. So when we want to apply that to manifesting money, maybe we're looking at the energy of abundance, or maybe we're looking at the energy of prosperity. What is that frequency? And how do we move into that frequency to then magnetize that? into our reality and start having those experiences and yes the energy of abundance and the energy of prosperity will show up in your money of course it will it will also show up in a whole bunch of other areas in your life but 
the tricky part for all of us in this, because that's a super simplified version, the tricky part for all of us is that we can't fake our way to those frequencies. For us to sit in these frequencies and magnetize those frequencies into our life, we have to be in energetic alignment with ourselves. And this is where systems like human design, I think, become so, so useful because this is a language and in some ways it's, a, it's quite a masculine system. It's, it's a pretty black and white language, right? It's, it's simple. It's easy to understand that says these are the ways that you specifically, so like you, Lucia, or, or you, Holly, or you, whoever it may be, this is the way that you are designed to be in energetic alignment. Here is the blueprint. Here's, here's your process. Here's your unique manifestation process. If you are in alignment, then you can be in these frequencies to attract and manifest these things into your life that you want. Um, and that's been really beautiful for me in, in my study of, of human design because it means that I've started to focus less on that frustrating process of, oh, I want to I want to manifest these things. I want to manifest this success in my business. So I have to be in the energy of success. What does it feel like to be in the energy of success? And oh my gosh, I'm not in that energy of success anymore. Like, mm, how did I get out of it? Um, and I'm more into, all I need to do is focus on being in energetic alignment. I just need to be more of myself. And then manifestation and even even manifesting things like business success, manifesting things like money, they become so much more effortless, so much more effortless. I think that just that chasm between, you know, what I want and what I receive becomes a lot smaller. If someone's listening right now, Holly, and there's things that they feel like they can't let go of, right? Maybe not even internally, maybe external obligations that are keeping them from alignment of true self. Because it's a question I get a lot. What would you say to yeah. them to get in more alignment? Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you need to go on a healing journey. That's like we we all do. I think, um, irrespective of of what your background is, what your childhood experience has been, you know, whether you've um, had trauma, whether you've had disease, whether you've uh, had failure, difficulty, or or you haven't <clears throat> had any of those things. Maybe you've had a, a really kind of beautiful, straightforward life. You're a human and the experience of being human is that sometimes we we get wounded and we have conditioning and we take on things that are not ours to take on. And those are the things that block us from then being in that state of energetic alignment. And every single one of us has our own individual set of things to journey through. I don't think any human can can exist without going through a healing journey at some point. Yes, absolutely. I mean it it is it is imperative for most people just based on you would say things that, you know, um traumas, right? And I think that we all have some level of that that blocks us from our true self and that healing journey is so important and so different for everyone. Um so different. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> correct. I, yeah, I think it's very hard to apply like a binary approach to that and say, absolutely, you know, here's the specific healing journey you need to take because it's so nuanced. We're we're all complex beings with our own personal experiences. 
Holly, just one last question before we let you go. I mean, we could talk about this for for so long and I encourage everyone, we're going to put all of Holly's links to follow Holly and learn more about um, the work that she does because as you've gotten some sense of here today, it's life-changing and it's powerful. Um, For someone that's listening and says, I want to start, but I don't know where to start, how to change, what advice would you give them? I think that your your body knows, right? We get very caught up in uh, the logic, the mind, the intellect, and that's a very social quality that we've all been taught that we should be able to mentally understand, you know, what's wrong, where to start fixing it, what resource to go to. But the, the truth is that all wisdom exists in the body and it always has. And and so I think that the the most helpful advice is if you're in that place of confusion of things are not working, if they're not working with my business or they're not working with my money or um, even feeling that yearning for, I have a purpose, I have a mission, I have something that I'm here to do, but I can't figure out what it is. And I'm kind of in that desperate space that I need to find it, I need to find it. Physically stop, physically stop and be still and close your eyes and breathe and invite your body to speak to you and then just record whatever comes up. Record that down in in a journal, record it down in a voice note to yourself on your phone, Um, draw it out in a picture if, if you're wired that way. But just allow that to emerge and be messy and be imperfect and and follow the line that that gives you. Because again, like like a healing journey, everyone's starting point is going to be completely different. And we have so much more wisdom being carried around in ourselves than, than we allow ourselves space to experience. So true. And I think a perfect place to leave the conversation. Holly Herbig, thank you so much for taking the time. I, I always say it, and I said it when we started, but time is the most precious asset that we all have and one of the things that is not renewable. So we truly do appreciate and value you taking the time to speak with us today. Oh, thank you. It is always, just always, always a a privilege to be able to share any moments and any space with somebody's audience and a platform that they have built. And um, I'm deeply appreciative of that. So thank you for inviting me. Of course, you're welcome back anytime. Um, and I'm going to be on a website in five minutes. So, <laughs> well, brilliant. <laughs> we'll be right back. Today's lifestyle demands the best in wireless. And with Pulse Cellular, you have the best options available. Switch to Pulse Cellular for unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data. Coast to coast with no contracts, no credit checks, and no overage fees. One line for $65 or four lines for just $45 each, including hotspot, Wi-Fi calling, and 50 gigs per line. And for all you travelers, we got you covered in Canada and Mexico. Plus, text and data in over 210 countries worldwide. All with the best phones or bring your own. That's pretty awesome. Get the best user experience on mobile at PulseCellular.com. Thanks for being part of the Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. Thank you so much again to Holly for coming on the show and just clearing up some of what manifesting the manifester community as defined by that community means. And when you look at it from that lens and compare it to our last definition, it just blows me away at 
how the concepts are different, how the foundations are different, how the building blocks are different, how the perspective is different, and how from this perspective, it just offers this incredibly expansive and different space um, and leaves us open to really powerful places that Holly shared about. If you want to learn more about Holly, again, all of her links will be below. Um, if you missed episode one, just um, check out the rest of the page and you can loop back to it. There's also going to be episode three and four right below this. So you can keep learning about manifesting. Um, if you haven't subscribed, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you learn about all the new updates coming in 2024. And I love talking to people. If you know me, you know that about me. I often get in trouble for asking too many questions. That's been my thing since I was little. Why are you asking so many questions? And I've heard it pretty much my whole life, which is why I became a talk show host and journalist for a long time and um, then a therapist. And now I'm mixing it back because I just love learning and I love getting to know people. I love getting to know all of you. So definitely shoot me a message send me a DM. I get back to everybody who writes me. If you've written me, you know that. Um, so absolutely stay in touch. Let's connect because I love having people join this family and really know that we're here. We want to talk and this is about helping you grow. So reach out because we're here. From all of us here at Well Seekers, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for being a part of our family and thank you for letting me be a part of yours. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. How would you like to join the conversation? Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com.